Well, folks, um, everybody who was rumored to come did actually arrive. <laughs> We're going to start off tonight by talking about AEW, All Out Pay-Per-View, and the Aftermath. We're also going to talk a little bit about the PWI 500. And intriguing enough that the women's PWI 100 is now the 150. I thought that we should definitely mention that and see what our thoughts is about that moving forward. And once we come back for our break at the half, we're certainly going to have to talk about the hardcore legend Mick Foley and his comments that he's made about WWE. All that and more on tonight's episode of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. Stay tuned. You know, you got to start the show before you end the show. Looks like our command center, <laughs> a.k.a. me, <laughs> messed up the cue there. But nonetheless, folks, it is the Big Gold Belt Podcast. It is Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we are live each and every week, bringing you uh, our latest discussions, debates, and topics of the world of professional wrestling. Your host here, Two Chains, alongside of my good fellas, uh, Jamal, Will, and Marcellus. Fellas, how you doing tonight? Right. Good. I was about to call you Zordon for a second when you say command center. <laughs> <laughs> you missed Power Ranger Day for about two weeks ago, man. <laughs> I know. I know. In the absence of Damien. Uh, also, today is the start of the NFL season. So, uh, you know, if you are playing fantasy, much like me and Marcellus, uh, make sure you got your team set <laughs> because uh, things are on the way. Uh, but yes. AW had their all-out pay-per-view, and it just—it was a thing. Like it, it, it. Whether you loved it, whether you hate it, everybody was talking about it. Whether you watched it, whether you didn't, uh, tons of things uh, came out about that pay-per-view. And the biggest things is the signings, the signings, the new arrivals of folks who had been rumored to appear, and it all came to fruition. Brian Danielson, aka Dan Bryan. Adam Cole, a.k.a. Adam Cole, Ruby Soho, formerly known as Ruby Riot. Fellas, let's talk about this in a sense of let's just give our reactions. We'll go around the table and uh, about who whomever it is that piques your interest and say your you give your piece about it. And I'm definitely starting off because you know where I'm going at with this. As uh-huh. I said last week, I said that Britt Baker Coming out talking about her contract. We're securing a bag, not only for her, but for the family. And he, as he said in the medium scrums, he's been around. He's been talking. And this is the place he wanted to be. Yes, it makes sense when you're talking about their friendships and all the folks talking about this is long-term storytelling, which is completely nonsense. ROH didn't pitch the story. 
for, for this to come to light for AEW. But as I said, you have to think as a couple, if she's going to resign, she wants to make sure that her or her partner is also going to, you know, at least they're going to have a sense of what they're both going to do. And I thought that it was very, uh, it was, it was, it was very like, Hmm, she came out and talked about she signed an extension. We didn't need to know that her contract wasn't even up at that, quite frankly, but she did it. She made an announcement. She made a deal, which only to me further proved that Adam Cole was absolutely on the way and him arriving was cool. I like how they did it. I think he fits. Um, if all the stuff that, uh, uh, Mr. Dave Meltzer has been saying over the last 24 hours about what WWE was going to use uh, uh, use him for, <laughs> whether, you, whether you believe it or not. Um, <laughs> if that's the case, obviously he made a good decision. Uh, and cool, he's happy. He's happy with his homeboys. He's getting to, to, to get back to being the elite. He's there with his lady. Uh, so, good move for him. And I think that he fits the mode here, and I um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, you know uh, some of his upcoming matches because I think in the sake of wrestling, uh, he definitely brings a lot, and I think there's a lot of people I would like to see him work. And I got to say that although you know I, I didn't totally agree with Darby Allen and CM Punk being the match that they initially booked for CM Punk's arrival, I have to say that. When Adam Cole comes to a, a promotion as, you know, a legitimate top guy and he calls out Jungle Boy, this is the interesting thing about me because I'm starting to, what I'm starting to realize is that these top people are wanting to really work with this young talent and it, it is doing a lot for them. Uh, we're, we're seeing them getting, um, the stage is getting bigger and bigger for the two of them and they're absolutely the future of that company, Jungle Boy and Darby. So, uh, both of them getting that rub from top guys, I think, is a uh, is 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 uh, decisions I wouldn't initially have thought out, but I like it. I like what they're doing. So yeah, Adam Cole coming to um, AEW is a move that you know I, I thought made sense. I thought it was a lot of suspicion around it based on what Britt Baker did, and um, yeah, him arriving just yeah solidified that. So yes, that's my thoughts on that. Sellis, welcome back to the show. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And I know with transitions that I've been going through is definitely happy to be back here. I was very excited, especially to talk about this topic. Um, and the first thing that comes to mind about, you know, the aftermath of all these signings is one thing I am very, very proud about AEW is now you have your identity with these signings. These signings made me think about like a football or sports offseason. And when you're trying to have an identity for your team, you get players that's going to represent what you're going to mold for your team and you build them up for what you want your company to be. With the latest signings that they got with, you know, Brian Danielson, Adam Cole, and, and Ruby Soho, you've now solidified that you want your, and even with CM Punk too, you solidified that you want your company to be about technical wrestling, and you're going to display that with your top performers in this business. And I think being able to sign these performers allows you to show your showcase that if you want technical wrestling to be the promotion of what you want to serve and feed to that community. That's something that you're going to be guiding for and improve as you go up throughout the weeks. So, and I think that's something that WWE struggle with. We talked about how they viewed NXT as their brand or on SmackDown. AEW, in my opinion, has a clear identified brand of what they want to have with their wrestling product. And now they need to build on it being about wrestling and building wrestling storylines. Interesting. Interesting. 
So we've mentioned all these names for weeks now. We, we knew they were all in play. We knew there was all a chance they were coming. It was just a matter of when they were going to come between yeah. Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, Ruby Soho, etc. Yeah. I think the biggest surprise is that they dropped them all three at once. Ruby Soho, <laughs> I was Ruby Soho, I was very confident about with the women's match. Brian Danielson, I was very confident about. Adam Cole was the one that was like, we knew he was in play, but there wasn't definite. So that was the biggest shocker of the three in my mind. And I do agree with what two James was saying. I love how they did it with him, how they snuck him in there when he thought it'd be Brian Danielson. They bring him first. Then you get Brian Danielson after it and you re- immediately realign him with his guys. So he's not coming in like a baby face. Everyone else is a baby face. He needs some heels in there. So he's mixed in with the elite. I like how they did it. First time I've been interested slightly in Adam Cole in a long while. So like I said, <laughs> like I've said in recent weeks, I wasn't pretty excited about Adam Cole, but he's got my attention. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with him. So it's a step in the right direction for him. Brian Danielson it pretty much went about exactly how I would expect it to go. The, the ready-made stories there with he can throw the best in the world thing in Kenny Omega's face. We'll see what they do with it. It's an easy to write story right there between the two of them. They got months ahead to pan that out. Ruby Soho though, I think might be in a lot of ways, the person who has the most potential to really make a difference there. That women's division can really use her in a lot of ways. So I'm really excited for her. She seemed over the moon to be there. Her win in the Battle Royal was the easy route to go. They don't need to necessarily make her champ yet. Lord knows Britt Baker is a hot commodity, but they needed more people around Britt to even out that division. It can't just be her and Thunder Rosa and a handful of other people. They needed that star power she's going to bring and that experience she's going to bring to help out the younger ladies on there to raise them up. So Ruby Soho, I think in the long run, can really make a big impact there. But all in all, I mean, they hit a home run on Sunday. That's for sure. And if anything now, I think I'm kind of like, we were waiting for all these people. They're all there coming on the heels of CM Punk. They have all the momentum in the world right now, AEW. Now the question is, what do they do with it? The playing pieces are there. They brought in all this new blood. There might be one or two other ones, but this was the big piece to drop, and they did it. So now Mm -hmm. where do we go from here? And that we'll find out in the weeks to come. Jamal, Giant Crab, get in here. Yeah, so this is why I don't care. (laughs) You you have all of these pieces uh, that that are being dropped in, and that's fine. Uh, people are running the muck fantasy, booking their life away. That's also fine. My problem is, is with AEW, I am not 100% confident that they're going to use all of these new pieces equitably. We said, I said the same thing about Brian Cage when he came in and won the Casino Battle Royal. Oh, shit. The Wolverine is here. He's going to be the Brock Lesnar of AEW. Nope. <laughs> That really hasn't been the case. There are a lot of other people who have been there that have been on the come up, like a Will Hobbs, Starks, uh, you know, Adam Page, that are slowly, slowly building to hopefully a crescendo. Well, where do they fit in? They only have two hours of TV. Uh, you know, and uh, the the least, my least favorite guy in AEW, John Moxley. He doesn't really seem to give a shit. He's just cosplaying in Japan as a wrestler. So I'm not entirely convinced 
that all of these people that are going to come in basically making a ring of honor 20, 2012, 2013, which isn't a bad thing. That's actually a very good thing. I'm not convinced that they're going to, we're going to see this level maintained until their next pay-per-view in November in two months. Well, I mean, this, I mean, I, I figured you were going to make a response sort of on this, uh, on this Avenue, because this is, was the part B of this question is that, you got all your shiny toys now mm-hmm. to the point. And I really want to quote something, but I, I'm, I'm just going to let it be. But there was a quote by somebody, and Will knows exactly what I'm talking about, that absolutely nailed exactly the perception of Tony Khan and is having... It, is, it, is, it a, is it a Toy Story reference? Yes, it is. Well, of course <laughs> so, it is. Yes. So, <laughs> but yes, after a while, as we've seen in Toy Story 3, you're kind of like, okay, well, uh, on to the next. But at the same time, we also see that those toys also was like, well, I was your favorite. What happened? So to, you know, kind of piggyback off what you said and to premise the next question here is that what happens now? What what happens? You talked about the identity, but what happens legitimately next? One year. As a matter of fact, let's set the year out straight. Well, when we okay. get to when we get to January of next year, contracts are up. There will be mm. contracts up. True. And 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 you have to also go back one year. The folks who worked during the pandemic, we appreciate you. We appreciate your service, especially for giving entertainment in a the most precarious time in in all of our lives. And you went out there and risked your life and your family to provide entertainment for us. And also, if I'm running a company or have any bit of input into that company, I got to tip my hat like these people showed up. (laughs) You know what I mean? So what about them people? And you have you have the workers who came to work. You have the people contracts who are coming up. You have the homegrown talent. You have the already proven talent who's already there. And then you do have this bunch of stardom. That's eventually, as Jamal says, going to crescendo. Adam Page, Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, and then Orange Cassidy. And then after all that, then you got this whole overshadow of all these new people that comes in. Mm -hmm. And it just pushes everything down in the blender. Everything down in the blender. And if you know how blender work, if you don't mix it good, then you got the big stuff still up top. (laughs) And it becomes a problem. <laughs> but you still got two nights, though. You still got two nights to use. So if they divide the roster up in the appropriate way and, like, divide belts up, and I'm not trying to copy what Raw and SmackDown is, but you got to spread out your talent to make sure you're spotlighting on what you want to do in whatever day. Let me I ask you a question. Uh, let me ask you a question. Bro, bro, Are they doing it now? Are they doing no, it now? To his point, let me let me, let me me respond to that. Let me. Uh, it's not that I don't think they need to, risk to um, split the roster. I think that they need to streamline the roster. They need to streamline the, the content. Uh, mm-hmm. Dynamite is the number one show. Rampage mm-hmm. is an extension. So let's just assume that Dynamite's three hours. So that's fine. Yep. Then what is Elevation? Because we're seeing people making AEW debuts on Elevation. Why? Mm-hmm. We're seeing people making, you know, that are mainstays on Dark. Why? And I'm not saying that Dark was ever meant to be NXT. It was just filler matches. Well, if they're filler matches, then these people that are in storylines really don't need to be doing filler matches on dark, but you only have two hours of TV. Uh, you only have three hours of TV. What needs to happen is elevation needs to become the B show. Um, you know, and if it's on YouTube, then yeah, you know, it's on YouTube. What are you going to do? But elevation needs to become a B show. Dark needs to become 
NXT uh, or FCW, not even NXT. Mm -hmm. Dark needs to just become SPW where people get their reps in. But if you want to, and that way you can establish an identity in that maybe there's somebody that you don't know that can get a shine like it did during the pandemic, the height of the pandemic, where these guys like Island Angels and Preston Vance and mm -hmm. Ann and Jay were coming through. And you're like, who the hell are these people? Yeah. They're not, they're certainly nowhere near the top of the indie mainstream. Oh shit. You know, he just went 15 minutes with Ray Phoenix. Damn, this Ben Carter kid is pretty good. That's why he's in WWE right now. So, I mean, there's a lot of these things that happens where you see a lot of talent and they stick out. You know, I, I haven't seen Queen Aminata before I saw her on AEW. Now I need to know everything that there is. I wish they did sign Savannah Evans, but good for her. She's an impact. So that's what I think Dark needs to do to establish these people and then build on that as you rotate your um, people from the front to the back of the line. John Moxley really doesn't have a storyline going on. He should be on elevation. Problem. Jungle Boy, um, yeah. Orange Cassidy is really kind of running on fumes at this point. Put him Problem. on elevation until he does. Uh, Adam Page has been away. So when he comes back, you know, maybe put him on Dynamite, but put him on elevation until he gets into a program. And when he's into a program, shift that to Dynamite. So and keep this revolving door open so that you don't have people there every single week and you get tired mm -hmm. of them. So, so why that sounds... What? Go ahead. Listen, spreading people out like that is really going to be the key. And I think we already saw started seeing it last night on Dynamite where they were spinning so many plates on that show with trying to fit people in. By the time they got to the end of the night for the big Minoru Suzuki, John Moxley match, they had to rush through that thing just because they're, they're running out of damn time. And like, I think a lot of people, they were like one or two of those segments probably shouldn't have been on the show just to, give some stuff some more space but i think they were really in a position last night where they were looking like we got to get brian danielson in we got to get adam colin we got to get ruby soho in we got to touch on the elite we got to you know get yeah. sting in here we got to get darby in here there's all these things we got to touch on coming out of the pay-per-view but you only got two hours and they're not going to be able to get everybody on dynamite they're not so going to be able to get everyone on rampage so they're really going to have to expand into that youtube or do the idea of like you're not going to see everybody every week. You're going to have to like right. bring them in and out, something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. And, and so, I think, like, to, hold on, real quick, to, to expand on that though, I do think that there's constant roster swapping, not necessarily an A team and a B team, but a, a current team and a, and a and a team that's you know taking a, taking a knee, and you know that then that could be that can be okay. But I do think that, um, and it just happened. Big Swole Diamante had this match, big blow off to their feud. And it was actually taped at Rampage, but they put it on Dark. Well, if it's a blow-off to a few, why isn't it on Elevation? I mean, like, that doesn't mean it it needs to um, it needs to be that way. Why push it all the way down the rabbit hole into, into Dark? Uh, and that's another thing, too. Uh, I'm going to the show in two weeks in New York. Am I willing to sit through a Dark, you know, until you know, midnight, one in the morning? A, a five-hour-long show that like they had in Chicago? Uh so... That these are also things logistically that they need to plan better. They need to plan their events better. They need to plan streamline their roster better to make sure that people get in where they need to get in. Not just well, high teams management. Well, exactly. well, high management is going to be key. Well, okay. So a couple of, a couple of things here for me. The the first thing is we. I mean, we got to talk about the tapings that's happening in Orlando yep. this Saturday. Those tapings to me 
I don't know if we talked about this on the show or not, uh, but, you know, to me, this is basically setting up the formula where NST was before it went live. You put it down in that area where there is a lot of independent talent that already lives there. There's a huge fan base there. And you're able to run your uh, AEW dark tapings basically there. And you're, 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 they have two sessions. Uh, they're about three hours each. And yes. if I remember correctly from NXT tapings, that's about enough to tape. I'm trying to think. NXT tapings were about. Uh, they used four to do hours? four show, four yeah, four episodes. Yeah, they were doing like a month at four, a time. Four episodes, and it was a month right? At a time. Yes. Right. 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 So, how how much do you think we're getting out of this? You, well, well, it's dark. So, but, so that's that's also a thing. Oh, I, you're right, I like you're dark. Right. I, I like dark. So yeah. I and I prefer dark some ways, especially during the height of the pandemic, where we would you don't know who would show up. Mm-hmm. You don't know. So I like that surprise. Um, and the, <laughs> and the deal is, is that. Yeah, bro. When you Them, have um, nobody trying to be know, home at two o'clock in the morning, from <laughs> right? Wrestling. Especially coming from thirty miles outside of Chicago. Yeah, uh, you know, I, that's not that's not that's, that ain't that ain't the move. But as much as I like dark, I would love to be in Orlando this weekend. You know, I don't have a problem with sending the guys that aren't currently doing a thing, a major thing, down there to get their reps in, get what? their merch, and and do that. Well, yeah, let me, uh, let me, let me, yeah, let me finish that. So basically, you know, they're going to tape a bunch of shows within a time. It won't go late. So it seems to be a convenience for fans. And also it seems to be a convenience for talent. Now, who's the talent that's going to be involved with this here? You're looking at people out of QT Marshall's, uh, as Jamal refers to the sex dungeon. You're looking at people from uh, Mission Pro and you also are looking at Orlando uh, natives or, or, or locals or whatnot. And you're just going to mix it up and you're going to create content. Now, will you use top names to go there? Sure. Eventually. But but if they're on Friday at a live show, they're not going to fly them to Orlando the next day in order to do that. I don't think logistically that makes sense. When we say top stars, we're not talking about, we don't necessarily have to be talking about everybody. They're not going to say John Moxley, you know, on Friday at a live rampage be in Orlando tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. 100%. But see, that's the thing. There is top talent that won't be showcased in top way because the overhead now is shrink, is, is, is chunkating everything down. So you're never going to send CM Punk there or any of these new signings uh, from this year. But, but it's Moxley, dark. But, Who, but mean, it, if you bought a ticket to, to uh, Universal Studios Orlando and you're expecting to see CM Punk, you're a I, but no, but see, this, you this is my point. One time, maybe. But this, but this is my point. Those top people that has recently been signed, they're not going there. But then you're going to have people who were top people a few months ago, and you, as you just said, if you don't have nothing to do with them, they're sitting on the dark. Are you going to send John Mosley to Orlando? Well, I mean, are you? Again, are you again, going to send Darby I send Allen his ass to the unemployment line? But that's just Miro. Me. Are you going to send Miro? Are you going to send Andrade? Are you going to send Malachi Black? These people who are all now in this soon-to-be purgatory area of, oh, and Will, I mean, if you don't make your comment about Andrade, I will for you. But, you know, the the, the statement of, oh, Andrade needs uh, creative freedom and blah, 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 blah. Where has he been? 
And well, he'll be on Rampage tomorrow night, apparently. Finally. Oh, really? And, and he, and and he might have finally, the rumor is he had a good match with Pac. So we might finally see the old Andrade show up in a AEW. We'll see so, you tomorrow night. We, so they taped that. Yeah, yes. yeah. Rampage is taped after Dynamite. Okay, so Rampage. It's live before pay per view. Okay, okay. So most weeks it's a tape show. Yeah, so I will be at Rampage in St. Louis. That will That is live. Except AEW was supposed to have full gear the night after in St. Louis, but they are not. So now that changes things. No, I'm still going to St. Louis. I want to see the arch. No, live. but it it doesn't. Oh, because they already sold tickets for it, so it has to be live. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, so gotcha, that, yeah. gotcha. So that's that's they're just going to do. They're just going to double down, do the show for St. Louis for, and I, I really hope that we get like a two hour elevation. But what are you gonna so do? so so in other words, then I mean. <laughs> uh, Rampage here sounds like the well, you know, you're you're obviously not dark talent, but like you know, this is the area of like we don't have nothing for you to do, so we'll just tape a few things here it's and put it on TNT. D- yeah. I was about to say yeah. WCW Thunder, but maybe yeah. you Sunday Night Heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Heat. Yeah. You know, Saturday yeah. Morning Slam. Yeah, it's yeah. the carrot they can throw people to be like, look, you're not on Dynamite, but hey, you're not on YouTube either. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's it. It's That's a it. middle ground in between where you're getting That's TV, it. but it's 10 o'clock on a Friday. But yeah, that, but also my break with AEW is uh, they have a fuck ton of promos for no reason. Uh, you know, they had seemed to cram everything in. Everybody got two matches in the front in the first hour. What everybody I got think, talk. <laughs> everybody does. But what I everybody. think they need to do is they have the show uh, the road to whatever the next thing is. And that's fine. I think that that should be a 30-minute pre-show that hypes up the next uh, show that they're going to do. So if it's the road to uh, Newark, then cool. Air that at 7.30 on TNT. So that way you don't need to necessarily have every single promo in there when they can say what they want to say or do the sit-down interviews they want to do on the half-an-hour pre-show before Dynamite starts. I don't know why they wouldn't do that instead of showing Transformers for the 90th time. I guess that's a classic movie. Yeah, well, of course it is. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they need to do something to. I mean, what time management? That's basically what it is. Mm-hmm. They need a clock. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, again, I, I think that it is nice that all the talent's here, but there will be folks on the chopping blocks, the top talent folks on the chopping blocks who came here to be the face of a company, a promotion who now realize that they may actually need uh 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 they, they they will not be getting um what i mean i'm not gonna say what was promised but the well, idea was an actual, actual greener yeah it's, exactly it's, yeah. especially andrade's they're definitely the one i'm thinking of here like i well I, I was actually thinking of brian cage more than andrade yeah brian cage is definitely another one too and also i mean i can even go as far as um um ethan page who i Absolutely well, love the impact, and I mean, he left. Fair. He left a tag team to go back to a tag team with a but, guy who left a tag team to go back to a tag team. I mean, I, I'm not entirely <laughs> convinced that it's Ethan Page's fault. Can't uh, be Scorpio. Scorpio Sky can't is, be his fault either. No, I mean Scorpio Sky is as charismatic as Ice Milk. <laughs> also, then he grabbed the brass ring. What happened to that? He literally grabbed the Sonic the Hedgehog brass ring. And what happened to that? Exactly. Questions. Questions. Right, Tails took it. Tails took it. <laughs> now, now, now. One other thing I want to, I want to, I want to throw out here too 
is you do have top talent that, you know, the folks that came in that you're not even going to blink an eye and sign. But what does it mean to the folks who's been working hard to get that all elite uh, uh, graphic? You know, what does it do to them when, sure, as we asked Tony Khan about the roster being full and there's no such thing, and we get that, but we all know financially, and I don't know his pockets, but we all know that he runs a football team, he runs a, uh, he runs a soccer club. He understands that there's margin of green that you need to stay in. And whatever that is, we all know <laughs> that at some point, AEW is going to have to reach that point. And I can't even phantom to think of the folks who've been, you know, blessing their ass this entire time. Like, man, if I keep working and working, I'll get my opportunity. I'll get signed. And now you have to say, like, well, I guess the window has to be getting smaller now because folks are, you know, seats are being taken. Cap is being used. Well, shoot. Look look at Wednesday night. Lee Moriarty got the all elite thing. Yeah. For a guy like him, who's a fresh name, a young guy, hasn't been on a national stage yet other than, you know, this quick little thing at MLW. So I wouldn't even really count that. Well, what, 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 what future does he get with that all elite graphic at this point in such a crowded roster where it's like, he's got to come in as like, a guy that's going to be underneath and hopefully be developed into something. But I mean, is he looking at like a year on YouTube ahead of him essentially to maybe once in a while, he'll get to sniff rampage. Maybe if he's yeah. lucky. Now, I mean, to be fair, I, we don't really know how that contract works. Oh, wait, because, I even, I even got another one. Go ahead. I got another comment to that too. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't really know how the contract works because an appearance is an appearance. Mm-hmm. Are they? Is it WWE? There's a different level between NXT and the main roster, but with right. AEW, there is no differentiation nope. between anything. So if he shows up for work, they can put him on top. He still gets paid the same, presumably. So that's also a question where it's like, where? Why are you here? Uh, and for some people, that answer is going to be wildly different. And again, back to Brian Cage, he was supposed to be that guy. He is not that guy. What does he do when his contract is up? Does he take his chances uh, elsewhere? If WWE is looking for a guy like Brian Cage, like more so than Keith Lee, they're looking for a guy like Brian Cage. Does he hedge his bets over there? And that could be very interesting. So, I mean, I think that, like, well, for the most part, there are going to be some um, uh, some questions to ask and answer towards the end of the year as we look forward to 2022 of the people that originally signed with AEW back in 2019, who stays and who goes? Yeah, let me ask question. Wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. Two, two things. One, what about the ones who do not get offered an extension, and what's the perception of that? And then... Well, well there it is. Who stays and who goes? Yeah, and, and then uh, I love Lee. Would not take anything about it. I think he's a fantastic talent, and I also think him being signed is some of the reasons why I like pro wrestling. When people go out there and they do the work and they are rewarded cedric alexander mm-hmm. me and yim i love i love this story but based on how the new landscape of wrestling has been especially during the pandemic we also can say that there's been other folks who also have been working really hard as well too and well what's the measure of success for them in order to determine if they deserve one i mean we're not going to count wins and losses here but baron black showed up each and every week and he had to do the drive and he came down there and helped put out 
and produce content and work with all talent that was thrown at him, tag masters, triple masters, uh, so, um, singles. Where, where, where does a person like him fit at here? When does he get the graphic? What what does the mean of him obtaining a graphic? What, is, what does that look like for him? And then also, I can just easily look across the table and say, well, where Yuta? He's been working here pretty frequent, got a little prominent spot. What does it mean for him? So that's just, you know, my, my thing has always been um, how dark is being used, which we address. But now I, I want to see uh, more folks like Lee work hard, get rewarded and get back to this whole changing the world aspect that they preached. Instead of like what Tony Khan comment said when we asked about the roster, he basically said that we got one eye open and the door cracked because you never know who's going to be released and we're going to be there to scoop them up. That's what he that's what he said in lamest terms. That that's is it. And every single time the rumor mill comes down, we know Impact is aware when contracts are up. So we know that AEW certainly is as well too, looking to see who is available for them to use. And these are obviously ex WWE people, people who have already made a name for themselves, people who are already established. But the folks who aren't, what does this mean for them going forward? And hopefully, hopefully, just hopefully, there's people like MOW who continues to say, oh, you don't want um, Danny Limelight? Not a problem. We'll take that. Casey Navarro? Not a problem. We'll scoop that. You know, and hopefully, you know, if that's what the means of getting, seeing some of our, our favorites get signed or some of the people who, you know, maybe not even our favorites. This is some of the ones who are working hard. If that's what it means for them to get a contract, then so be it. But I I, I think it's just a little bit of an identity crisis here with AEW because it seems like the recipe and the formula has changed. And uh, for the reasons why we fell in love with Dark and fell in love with the idea of seeing our independent talent getting the spotlight and potentially getting signed, it doesn't quite seem like a promise so certain as it used to. So let me say this one thing real quickly, though, just to add to your points very quickly. I think what AEW can do. And once again, I'm not a fan of always adding belts. But when you have certain talent like they do within AEW, you might want to use something like an X Division esque or a European Championship esque. They need a junior to, heavyweight belt. Yeah, to spotlight those those that roster, so you're not they've losing been, some of that characteristics. Go ahead, Will. They've been talking about trios titles forever. Have been rumored. Mm-hmm. So no, no, no. Well, see, that's the thing. They haven't. The internet has. So that that's <laughs> been, for a while though, they were doing a lot of six man tags. So it seemed well, like well, they were heading in that but, direction. Well, they they put tag teams on the back burner. And people don't like, like people don't like low key, like kind of figure out the fact that like when the Bucks got the tag team titles, it was kind of at the height of all tag team wrestling, all friends wrestling, all of that bullshit. And now the Bucks kind of hijacked the tag team title uh, scene, and they they put that lid on it, and it's been more focused on singles uh, deal. Now it's like, well, shit. And and also the FTR belt doesn't count, so that's not. And and also more importantly. It is not the FTR belt. It is the FTW belt. FTR Taz's is old props. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Taz, Taz, Taz is definitely uh, with a salty face right now because FTR belt, <laughs> my God. Uh, no, but, but do they need F- a new belt? FTR, question mark. Right. Uh, do they also, need also, also, also another yeah. case of the, I thought I was going to come here and be top guys because that's our gimmick. Well, who oh, knew that they were coming in revolutionary tag team wrestling and then the tag team division gets kind of shelved? Whoops. 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 Right. Let's uh 
Let's go to our commercial break real quick, and then we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the PWI list, yeah. and we're going to talk about um, the hardcore legend Mick Foley and his comments about WWE. Be back in a second, folks. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in one of those dinner ruts? So with HelloFresh, you'll get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door, where you can skip all the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, because to me, that matters. You can enjoy cooking and getting dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less with over 25 recipes to choose from. Each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness as well as simplicity. Now, I'm looking over here at the hot honey Brussels and ricotta flatbread, the balsamic fig chicken, and the chicken over garlic parmesan spaghetti. My mouth is watering as I say this to you right now. Go to the link in our show notes below to get $80 off, including the free shipping on HelloFresh, which is your number one meal kit. Again, go to the link down below in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh. All right, tonight's episode is sponsored by HelloFresh, as you just heard. Uh, folks, if you're just tuning in to tonight's show, welcome back to the Big Gold Belt Podcast. For the second half, we're going to be talking about the PWI 500 list. And we're going to talk about the hardcore legend Mick Foley and his comments about WWE. If you're listening live, join in the chat. Let us know your thoughts about tonight's episode as we discuss it. And uh, give us a retweet so other people can put eyes on the product for the night and be also a part of our conversation. So um, it is that time of the year, folks. It is that lovely time where the PWI 500 list is released. Where this <laughs> list solidifies question mark the top 500 wrestlers in all of professional wrestling and this is based on a whole bunch of metrics you can obviously look over at pwi's uh, uh twitter page for all the information by the magazine if you must and um you can you know not only look at a list but also detail uh background of why certain people were selected for their rankings here so folks Quickly, I'm going to go over our top 10. And if there's anything else or anyone else you want to discuss or anything so, else so that you want I have the entire list and I want to, I'm going to, I want to just list 500. And matter of fact, we should have did it just like Jericho. We should have let you went to <laughs> right. run down the whole thing. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I'll give you the top, right, we'll so I'm after the commercial. The top, um, uh, 10, but I'm going to pick and choose a couple of uh, numbers that I think that are of interest. So, all right, here we go. Uh, Lulu Pencil, number 500. I I think Lulu is involved, was involved in one of the best storylines I've seen this year. And she is a wrestler from Gato Move Promotion. Uh, she was trained by Emi Sakura. Um, if you don't know about Choco Pro, Chocolate Pro Wrestling, it's a hell of a show of trainees from Emi Sakura in Japan. And after the matches, they play rock, paper, scissors for a piece of chocolate. And that is the actual no bullshit main event of the show. It's fucking fantastic. And Lulu Pencil, who is actually in AEW right now with Emi Sakura as her assistant on screen, assistant for real, uh, is doing a hell of a job. She's a freelance writer turned wrestling who just served, uh, had had her third wrestling birthday. So good on her. Uh, number 494 is uh, Hornswoggle. 
because he Keeping needs it to real. be on this list. The interesting thing is that Swaggle was in at 494. Ryan Nemeth is at 491. God damn. Colby Carino, <laughs> I think, is a really low on this list at 487, uh, just above Boar. And like, I actually like Boar. I think he's pretty solid, but he's at 48. Petey Williams at 481 is interesting. Uh, Bad Luck Filet at 477 is interesting that he's down that far. Gregory Iron is on the list at 469 which is very surprising. Timmy Lou Retton is at 464, who should be way higher than that. Uh, good on Mr. Grimm, who made it at 457. So, you know, glad to see Local he's, boys. Yeah, glad to see he's doing the work. Uh, Zicky Dice is on the list at all at 450, which is <laughs> fucking startling. Uh, Johnny Swinger at 447, which is- I startling. love it. That's my Kip guy. Kip Sabian at 446 is on the list as a wrestler. How? <laughs> and more importantly than that, how is Kip Sabian just two slots below Casey Navarro? It doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> so um, sometimes you just gotta look at it and be like, you know, they needed five hundred names. They needed <laughs> five hundred names. And Could put me on that list. Um, Saki Aki, uh, if you haven't seen her, she's in arguably the best faction that I've seen in wrestling so far. Neo, uh, Neo Biishi uh, Gun in uh, TJPW. It's fucking fantastic. Um, <laughs> Billy Starks uh, at 441 is actually pretty good. Sugar Duncanton at 4, 437 is is pretty solid. Umberto Carrillo at 433 is actually a lot lower than I thought it would be. Mm. Um, uh, Amy Sakura at 429. Uh, solid. You know, she's been doing a hell of a uh, job out there in Japan. Rampage Brown at 417 I think is pretty interesting. W. Morrissey uh, also known as Big Cass at 412 is pretty good. Uh, Willem Nightingale at 409 should be a lot higher than that. Uh, but, you know, 409 is, is pretty good. Drew, Drew we're Parker. Gonna, we're going to have to talk about the women here. Yeah. We're yeah. going to have to um, talk about the women. Uh, Drew Parker at 402. Uh, you know, deathmatch guy, British guy, out of, but he's in Japan. He's at 402. Matt Taven at 396. I thought he would be a lot lower than that. <laughs> because if you're telling me that Jack that Matt Tavens is is better than Willow Nightingale, you're that's I just can't agree with that. Um, what did he hurt have the year? Yeah, yeah, he recently came back at the pay per view. Um, Jack Evans at 393, Tommy Dreamer at 394, Yuji Nagata at 395. Oh Tommy Dreamer. How are those names in that order? They shouldn't even be on shit. the list. Nah, Tommy Dreamer's been having matches on the low, but like. <laughs> with, 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 Nagata uh, got in there off that dynamite appearance. Right. <laughs> um, Kylie Ray at 388 doesn't make any sense because when does she work? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> oh, where's no. Leo Russian? Is Leo Russian there? Uh, he better be 200 something. Disappeared. Well, so, Please. So this Please. Is bullshit because Kylie Ray is at 388. Slapjack is at 3, 378, uh, and he's just below Rhett Titus, who had 376, um, who's just below Tyler Bate at 372. I don't know how Bate isn't higher on this list, but cool. Dalton Castle at 367 is interesting. Uh, Chris Adonis. Mm. <laughs> mm. I can't even can't tell you if I've seen anything from Chris Adonis right. this year. <laughs> Chris Adonis, just under Cheeseburger at 360. Cheeseburger! Right. My God. Uh, Danny, Danny Limelight at 357, who should be higher. T-Hawk, uh, who's uh, in uh, OWE and part of Strong Hearts, who should be higher, is at uh, 355. Uh, Darius Martin. Jump up, jump up to the hundreds. Jump up to right, the hundreds. Real, real quick. 
So because there's a lot of guys. Um, uh, Rhino is at 340, uh, which is interesting. Dante Martin is at 326, who was our, my favorite wrestler in AEW. Yeah. He's at 326. It doesn't it make made any me, sense. Made me wonder where Eric Young is at on this list. I didn't see him on the list. But, you know, but we move on. Uh, yeah. Matt Cardona, 297. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought was pretty interesting because I thought he should have been higher on this list than he, than he was. Uh, Johnny Nitro, uh, John Morrison, 284. Oh, that's not low. I, I thought that was pretty low, too. Uh, Tuco Scorpio is fucking killing it, but he's uh, down at 277. Uh, he's really been killing it on, on the low. If you haven't seen him, then that's a guy that you need to get your eyes on before you settle down. Um, Dustin Rhodes at 240 is interesting. Tomohiro Ishii at 222. It should be uh, a lot higher than that. Santana and Ortiz are 186 and 187. Should be higher than that. Jordan Grace at 179 should be higher than that. Cedric Alexander at 153 should be higher than that. Mm-hmm. Mystico, A-Kid, greatest thing in song of all time. Uh, Matt and Nick Jackson, 116 to 120. Scorpio Sky, higher than Pentagon Jr. at 113. <laughs> what? <laughs> And there, and, oh. and there we have it. The cash in of the brass ring right the there. The brass ring got him that high. <laughs> uh, Ali Kent, uh, Jay Lethal, Frey High, all, all around one, 110. Hey, hold uh, on. Hold on real quick. So, like, you know I love me some Frey High, but, man, I, I I don't know if I've seen him around a lot this year to say that high, considering some of the names you, you, you mentioned. In what, what I've seen him in, it's been – he's been great. But it's been few and far in between, though. So, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. at 101, Pete Dunn at 100. Uh, Willie Utah in the top 100 at yep. 96. Uh, D'Angelo De Niro, the Pope, 98. Warhorse yep. is on the list. <laughs> in the top 100, no less. Yeah, and he's wow. at 97. Wow. Uh, Will Hobbs, 93, should be higher. Minoru Suzuki at 87, should be higher. The Miz... And Aaron Stevens. Aaron Stevens is 88. The Miz is 89. How the fuck That's is too the high. Miz high? Aaron Stevens. How is the Miz oh the top 100? Did Aaron Stevens do anything this year? I mean, I know he's NWA stuff. Yeah, yeah he's like tag team champion, I think. Um, Shinsuke at 82. Brian Cage at 83. Top 100. Um, Matt Riddle at 76. Eric Young at 77. There you go. That, he's been one of my favorite. He's, he's, he's literally been the catalyst of impact on as a heel. So... Uh, yeah, the Miz is eighty nine. Let that sink in. Jungle uh, Kofi Kingston at seventy. Jungle Boy at sixty nine. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Sam, yeah. Sammy Guevara at sixty six. Apollo Crews sixty five. Yeah. I'm not yeah. mad at that. I give it I'm that. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. You know, he had a good Hiroshi year. Tana- yeah. Hiroshi Tanahashi at sixty two. Nick Gage as a wrestler, no, uh, but he's at sixty one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tom Lawyer, Tom Lawler at uh, fifty nine. Okay, yep. fine. Alex mm-hmm. Hammerstone at fifty four. He's a mm-hmm. Ray Phoenix at 55. Not seeing uh, not a, He's kind of running MLW, so, you know. Yeah. Leo Rush at 53. <laughs> My yeah. God. Uh, June Akiyama, who will never die. He's at a 51. Kyle Riley at 50. AJ Gray. Shout out to AJ Gray. 49. Doing yep. the work. Uh, 47. Now, uh, uh, well, I, I just want to add that AJ and um, and uh, uh, Nick Gage being uh, uh, deathmatch wrestlers being this high is definitely a change of tone in things for mm-hmm. this year's list. Well, I mean, they were in a popular storyline. 
So, yeah, you know, we have redemption. This list isn't based on ring work because the Miz is on the list. <laughs> so Miz getting in there for making Bad Bunny look good at WrestleMania. Yeah, <laughs> right. and that, and and I mean, like, and it, and it's a little bit of a bias going. I mean, a little bit of bias and a little bit of like. Well, no, uh, no. I guess oh, either way, because Nick Gage having a documentary and everything really does. It's it's a lot of bit of bias, and uh, you'll see in the top ten. So, Trisha Dora at forty four is the highest rated woman on mm-hmm. the uh, on the list, and I honestly think wow. that she's had such a hell of a run that she should probably be top twenty. Uh, you know, but you know this is their list. Uh, Moose at forty, and if you're telling me that Moose had a bigger year than Trisha Dora, I don't know what wrestling he was watching. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, where has he been since he lost the belt? Okay. I mean, I mean, well, I mean, what are you gonna, uh, what are you gonna say that Rich Swan should be in top ten? He is. Oh, we we getting there. Oh, we we are getting there. So uh, <laughs> Adam uh, Adam Page at thirty four, AJ Styles at thirty five, Daniel Bryan thirty six. Okay, fine, I'll give you that. Braun Strowman at twenty seven. He's always mm, he's, he always floats around this area. He just always do. So, but he's and I, higher than Walter and Evil. I, I think he was the Universal Champion by the end of this period. Coming out of the coming into the pandemic, the period is July of last year. So he was champ then. He was until June of this year. So yeah, at the so beginning of the period, he was, he was he was the champ before Roman came back and beat him down. Yeah, and actually, um, why I think about it, Moose should be higher too because he was the champion. Uh, for a while in the beginning of this year, and he had high-profile pro, high match. I wonder where Sa- Sammy Callahan is at in all of this. Uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Uh, I've not seen Callahan yet, actually. Um, actually, I don't see Callahan at all. Hmm. Uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman at 26, Okada at 25, uh, Keith Lee at 24. Okay, mm. cool. Orange Cassidy at 21. <laughs> Interesting. That seems not, a little high. Definitely not bigger year than Keith Lee, considering that in this period last year, wasn't he a dual champ? Uh, yeah, he was last summer. Yeah, um, Gresham at 20, Jericho at 19, Karrion Cross at 16. Yeah, oh, wow. oh hell no, yeah, <laughs> that's too high. I look, look, everything that's happening to him on the main roster just happened this month, so like beyond right, that, that, don't he was, that technically doesn't count. That's yeah, right. so he was oh, he'll be 300 next year. Yeah, he was running. Oh, for sure. He was running shop at NXT. And that's why Finn Balor is where he's at because Karen Cross is the catalyst to that. So uh Darby Allen at 14, Big E at 13, Cody Rhodes at 11, mm. Rich Swan at number 10. Absolutely. Absolutely. Top 10 time. He carried impact men's division the whole part of this year before Kenny Omega came in and snapped everything of impact out of existence. Yep. Uh Shingo Tagaki at number nine. Holding New Japan and whatever shape it's in, barely clinging to life. Uh, Finn Balor at number eight. Hey, hold on, yo. I, hey, wait, is Jay White on this list? Yes. Yes. Uh, but I didn't name him because I don't care about Jay White. Okay, okay cool. <laughs> um, Will Ospreay at number seven. Uh, yep. Undesirable number one, John Moxley is number six, which is... Oh, <laughs> Bullshit number. I don't know how he's that high. Um, Kota Ibushi at number five. Drew McIntyre at number four. Drew sounds and about right there. At number four? I don't like Drew, but and, sure. I mean, he was the champion just throughout for, that whole time. He was time. champ for probably half of that time period. Yeah. yeah. You know. uh, Bobby Lashley at number three. I think he should be higher. Um, Roman Reigns at number two. And number one, Kenneth Omega. 
Mm. There you go. All right. My, that. My, my quick thoughts on the top two when I heard him. I figured the top two was going to be between Kenneth and Roman. That yep. was my assumption. It was just a matter of who was going to be one and who was going to be two. And I, yep. the way I look at it is it comes down to how you weigh the criteria. If If you're someone who looks at Kenny holding all those belts as a big deal, then you're going to, I think, put him over Roman. If you're someone who looks at Roman's heel turn and everything he's done with that and him refreshing himself and him dominating things since he's returned, then you'd probably go with that. Between the two of them, they both had mega years. They both accomplished a whole heck of a lot. Honestly, in a lot of ways, I think you could flip a coin between them and you could go either way. Bobby Lashley, awesome too. But Um, the the Kenneth and Roman thing didn't really bother me. I think... You can make you can make a strong case for either one of them in that top spot. I think. The, my only thing about this is that I hate that wins and losses correlate to things because mm-hmm. if you're in AEW, you're not losing doing any match outside of AEW because mm-hmm. we all know that Tony Khan has control over his folks. So you're saying that um, you're saying that um, Scott Demore is crippling his folks from being placed. Because he's willing to play the game with these other promotions? That seems like a problem. The other interesting aspect (laughs) to this, too, is (laughs) is that, like, when you run on the independence, you have people who are going to promote and book for longevity of their storylines. For instance, we can talk about the now deceased Nova Pro. If you have top talent coming in, you want them to give a good outing, a good showing, but you want your hometown talent to win because you want the story to continue beyond that. So you're not going to say one percent. And it's it, you know this is why the wins and losses thing is is is, is hard to define because it's just it, it it it's not fair in certain circumstances here. So that that's 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 one thing I wanted to bring up. The Kenny Omega and Roman Reigns thing. I mean, to, to me, this sounds like that. The PWI folks want people to to consider that in the top in the in the seven major promotions that everybody's on level playing field. And I always think that that the WWE is the NFL. That's the highest level of wrestling to be achieved because mm-hmm. they have the notoriety. I don't, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's, so that's fair. fine. That's just that's just what I think. And I think that when you talk about somebody working at the top promotion at the top level as the top person then that that's your a person so i don't care in my perspective i don't care how good you are in the xfl in college football if you're not tom brady who could matter of fact it race tom brady let's go to peyton manning the year he won the super bowl who had dangerously bad stats but he won the big one he's your top person He's your highest ranked person. He's going to Disney World. Yeah, I don't care what anybody else is doing in any other league. Top person in the top promotion is your top dog. And that's why I I easily say, like, this is Roman Reigns by a mile. Like, this is Jeff Bezos in space and us on Earth distance here for me. (laughs) It's not even close. Because, again, going to Kenny Omega, who's running the gimmick of being the belt collector, it only works if everybody buys in. So if you're going to go around saying, well, look at his wins. Okay, cool. He has to win in order to get the belt. So it has to correlate with that. He has to get these belts in order for it to work the gimmick. 
And then to have the Tony Khan forbidden forbidden door gimmick, let's not forget, folks, which was something that he was way out of character in doing. It, it, to me, it just it just doesn't come on fair when you when you rank it as that. But if you take all that away, if you take away the wins and losses, and just say wrestler and wrestler, it's as Will said, it's a flip of a coin. It's it's your cup of tea here. It's whatever you like, you know. And that's where that's where like the list gets a little bit like cloudy to me. But ultimately, the biggest thing that we need to talk about here. Now, I really do premise my next thoughts as being my thoughts only because I know this is going to rough some people or it could potentially rough some people the wrong way. I am dangerously confused about how they're handling the women here. I'm so confused because you have WWE talent on the list. You have men. You have, you have, you have men of all promotions, all sizes, all whatever on the list. And then you do have women on the list as what last year was the first year that they incorporated women on the list, right? Trisha Dore being your top highest ranked female on the list. Well-deserved. She's fantastic. She's been in high profile matches and she's been busting her ass. DMV's own Trisha Dore. Gotta love it. And folks love to hate it. <laughs> but then when you, when you start to, look around you start to think like well where are the other women that also are ones when you say well if trish is high well i don't know where's bianca at where is i don't know oscar eo where's the wwe yeah, women the only women that seem to be on here are ali cat jordan grace and trisha dora there doesn't seem yeah. to be any other signed women mm-hmm. Qu- on the question so, it so seems ju- the deal is if you're a woman who is only working for one company? If you're exclusive somewhere, oh, then that's not qualify. fair. Then that's can, definitely can, not yeah. fair. That, that's wait, wait, wait. It's weird because it's wait. like only certain women qualify for qualification. Otherwise, they got to be in the women's 150. All right, I mean, hold, on. So, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So let me let me get on that. I got you. So Deanna didn't just face Trisha Door at GSW. Yeah, okay, so, yeah. So there you go. Why is Dion? There you go. It, yeah, because Dion's been doing stuff else. Wasn't yeah, she? Did, wasn't she there. just down in AAA? Was right. she there last year? This was all this year. Oh, AAA well, wasn't this year, but the yeah, GSW, but the yes. For, okay, but the thing yeah. is from last year, though, right? Oh, okay, fine. It's through, Ju- through June third, it's, it's, it's from July first to July first. So okay, so Thunder Rosa. Mm, yeah, well, Thunder Rosa was, was doing March. stuff everywhere. Yeah. And she was not signed to AEW when they had that match in March. Yeah, yeah. With uh, ba- with Baker. But either way, I mean, like, I don't know why they why I add the caveat because if you're going to say, well, all of these independent talent, all of these Japanese talent are on this list, then why not include signed women? Because yeah, if you're telling me that the only people that are on there are working independents, that seems kind of silly. And also, let's be clear about this list: they're only picking from the things that they watch. Because we're not, I'm not saying that there there should be other wrestlers that are on this list that aren't. But what I am saying is, is that I don't watch the entire world of wrestling. And there's a bunch of indie stuff in Central Europe, France, Holland, Germany, uh, South America, you know, Chile, Singapore, uh, Japan. You know, there's a lot, there's a fuck ton of wrestling, a literal world of wrestling out there. No, 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 no doubt. I I don't agree with that, but I I still think. And we only see the same names. Yeah, but I'm again. If you're setting the table here and you're saying that you're having women included, but then are you? 
because it sounds like a personal invite nope. list. And nope. that's, it, that's it's bullshit. A, women are included, but there's a big old asterisk on it. But I'll yeah. say this, when you down. have when you have a woman that literally carried a company by herself during the pandemic season, she's not in the top 10 being Bailey, then I have a problem with that. Or, or, or Hikaru Shida. Yeah, exactly. We're the AW women. And, and, and again, like, what is it? And then I heard this other thing where it was like, well, it's only heavyweights. Oh, okay. So I know we're not about to play this game where we're going to start weighing folks and saying who's eligible. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Because that's where things get interesting. Well, and the, then, they didn't want to put they didn't want to put signed women on the list because they know that Eva Marie will be number one. <laughs> there Fact. you go. The yes. evolution would have tore it all up. Tore all yeah. Tore the whole list down. No, but I guess the oh, other, the oh, other wait, side wait, wait. of it oh. also, I guess, is, think of this, though. Think of this, though. If you start adding in all the women, if you start adding in all your Charlottes, your Baileys, your Diana's, your uh, your your Thunder Roses, your, from, all the, from all the big companies, if you start adding all them in, you're easily going to knock a good hundred at least people off that list. So be which it. Would end up be, which who would end up being? So? It'd be like, the, it'd be your indie guys. Those so? indie folks in the 400s, they're the ones who are suddenly going to get pushed off. So sure. maybe it's a gesture to be like, get the indie folks some publicity because they're the ones who are going to get pushed off the list. If you're keeping it to 500 and you add all these women in. But to be fair, so, the list wait, is wait. inherently flawed because this yeah, list, right. it doesn't answer the question of who is the best wrestler in the world. The list answers the question of who is the most popular wrestler in the world. Mm. And that, that's it. Because nobody's going to tell me that Roman Reigns is the second best wrestler in the world. Now, character, story, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he was booked fantastically. <clears throat> but there's no way in the hell you're going to convince me that it's Omega, Reigns, Lashley, and Kota Ibushi as the best, uh, Mike Tyra Ibushi, as the best wrestlers in the world. Because Thunder Rosa should be in that top five if we're talking no, well, wrestling. Yeah, but yeah, okay, but right. Wrestling is just part of the package here. It's just like basketball. Yes, you got to go out there and play the sport, but branding also is part of the sport now. Everybody has their brand. Everybody has to be marketable. So when you start saying who are some of the best players in the league, you start to say, well, statistics, accolades, branding, uh, uh, divisions that they're in, these things that, you know, it's yeah, not I just... With the, that. I but it's not with just... That because not everybody is marketable. Not everybody can be marketable. Nobody's buying a shoe for a defensive lineman, yet you know you need them on your football uh, team. Nah, but this is this oh, is so. This so, is, will you let me know when those Orlando Pacers drop? Go ahead, let me know <laughs> when, when we get those Reggie White's twenty twenty two coming out. But and but also, again, let's keep it keep in mind. Let's never forget here. PWI is trying to sell magazines. Yeah, so true. They, they want true. a familiar yeah. face on that number one spot. Yeah, we do this and, every year. We know it's a work. Yeah. Cool. Also, yeah. also like. Let's just keep it 100 here. Where the hell is Lady Frost on this list? <laughs> you could say There's a whole lot saying, of people like, you can say that about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can say that about a lot of people. So, interesting enough, as I said, the PWI Women's 100 is now 150. That should be interesting. And again, I, I it's just, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really interesting um dynamic well, here because, because, because Trisha, Trisha Dora is 44 overall and then why isn't she number one of the 150 like why, why we already know who's going to be number one it, and I don't like we'll get to that when we get to that let's let's get to our last topic but absolutely like if you're saying like she exists in the list of all wrestlers here and she's yeah. the highest woman she's easily going to be ranked one and <laughs> all of the women 
And something tells me that ain't gonna happen when we not at all. That. So yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting talk to see where she comes in yeah. when the one fifty drops. Yeah, I mean you know it, it'll be Charlotte. Yeah, or Bianca, or Sasha. You know, marketable. It'll be Stephanie McMahon. God damn. Yeah. But it should be Eva Marie. It should be Eva Marie. Absolutely. All right, let's get to the. Let's get to the last thing. Mick Foley. Um, actually, I don't even have to comments up, but uh, <laughs> so well, he, somebody he help video. me out here. Uh, he made a video, and, and basically he said that when you look at, and I'm paraphrasing, when you look at everybody that's AEW signed, uh, and when you look at everybody, every, what's happening in WWE, uh, Mick Foley doesn't think that WWE is the is the top destination for talent anymore. Uh, whereas the end goal for wrestling as it is the NFL, the Walmart, the Amazon of wrestling, uh, is WWE. And now that may not be the premier destination for up-and-coming talent anymore. WWE might have a problem on their hands in the eyes of Mick Foley. Yeah. I disagree. Uh, And And the reason why I disagree isn't that they have a problem. It's just that WWE needs to be honest with themselves and present their style. I think that once they get back to presenting whatever WWE style is, and, and we know what that is, because since Bruno San Martino is no different than John Cena, Hulk Hogan it ran the same gimmick that Roman Reigns was, was running when we didn't like him. Uh, you know, that's who their guy is. That's who they wanted their guy to be. And they tried to make other guys like that, like Chris Masters and John Heidenreich and Nathan Jones. You know, Vince has a style. He's into big, beefy men. And if he could have had Goldberg first, he, he, Goldberg would be the next Hulk Hogan. So that's what that is. They need to get back to that because WWE style isn't Ricochet. It isn't Shastrick Alexander. And it isn't a lot of the guy. It isn't Keith Lee. So that is um, uh, something they really need to get back to immediately. And as I've said before, and I'll say it again, they really need to incorporate NXT into that process and streamline and talent through it. I don't, you know, I've said this before too. Uh, NXT is the CFL and WWE is the NFL. It's the same sport, but not the same game. So you wonder why there's a learning curve to go from one to the other when it shouldn't be, it should be seamless. And hopefully with this new NXT or Nickelodeon, whatever the hell they're doing with that, hopefully <laughs> they're able to, get that streamlined process working. But I think WWE will be fine. They've survived a lot worse. I, oh, easily. I, this, this ain't 1995 or anything when the business no. was on its ass and the NWO coming along and they're still putting out like wrestling plumbers and everything and <laughs> all the occupation-based gimmicks. They've been in far worse positions than this, that's for sure. They, they can easily pivot they can easily adjust things. I mean, to, to, to say what, what Crab was just saying there, the Vince McMahon era WWE has always about been about like larger than life cartoon characters. Essentially, that's what they like to promote. It's the character above all else. It's the presentation above all else. The wrestling falls underneath all that. Is that what we're going to get in the new NXT? Maybe. I don't know how much we'll know by the time we talk next week when we get the first new episode. But we've been talking about that forever. It's like. They're, they, I think they need to hone in on what they want to present, how they want to present it, and make it a consistent presentation from NXT all the way up through Raw and SmackDown. So it's, it's all, like I said, all from the same playbook. It's their flavor. 
And hell, we made the point before. NXT didn't need to be all an alternative to the main roster anymore once another real alternative came along. The alternative is out there now. They're doing their thing. WWE's going to do theirs. They can make some changes. I mean, how, like we mentioned earlier, two chains. If the stories about uh, Adam Cole being a manager are true, if any of that has any validity, <laughs> that that was what he was offered to be a Drake Maverick, essentially, to Keith Lee. Who knows what they're thinking and what they're doing with creative. There's there's work they could do in the creative department. Are they in grave danger? No. Could Not they to make some changes? Absolutely. They could they could I think they need to tweak the formula. It's just a matter of how they're gonna do it. And that. I'll just I'll just add this too. WWE still has one thing that's on their side. Even though I mentioned AEW has a brand of technical wrestling that they can go through, WWE still has the star power. They have the superstars that's going to carry them, and they have those same top four or five people that they'll push every single week down your throat. People are going to react to them. People are going to love them. The Brock Lesnar's, the Roman Reigns, the Becky Lynch's, they'll have those same people that's just going to carry them through. So they're not in trouble. Granted, is it stale? Yes, but it's still going to make money. Two things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really quickly, yeah, I think the continuity of the the transition to the other – are we still calling the main roster? Yes. Well, main roster. I think that this will help wrestlers transition easier with the identity being the same. So I definitely agree there, but also I do agree with uh, one thing Mick Foley said, and I think they need to pay attention to the morale in the locker room. You can't just work these people to hell and then expect them to just be happy because they're being paid. Because when there's alternatives out there, people will start to see that the grass is greener on the other side. Some it may work for some well, we'll find out January, February, March, around that time, who it didn't yep. work out for. So yep. we will see. But Mick Foley, I think he comes from a, a good place in these comments. And um, that's why a lot, it caught a lot of people's eye. And we, we want to see how this all plays out. So with that being said, it is time for Mr. Giant Crab yep. to get to our news this week. Yep. So um, uh, one quick thing to add, uh, Sammy Callahan was on this list, but I skipped over him because I should. Uh, he's 114 okay. on the list. So uh, the PWI 500 is out. If you want the full list, buy the magazine uh, for $7.99. Yeah, I think that's how much it costs. Seven, it's 8 bucks. Uh, or Venmo me, and I'll just read it to you. So... <laughs> That's a new Patreon tier right yeah, there. You know, I, I, I do it for four, I do it for five dollars. So um, you know, you save some money on that. Uh, so yeah, let's this will start with the news for the week. Um, and I think the biggest story of the week is coming off of the pay per view. Uh, all out, AEW had its second highest rating ever in the history of ever. One point three million people estimated uh, watched AEW Dynamite. They were number one in the eighteen to forty nine key demographic by a lot. Um, nothing came close to them on Wednesday night. Dr. Pimple Popper was seventh. And I'm like, how the hell uh, did, he, did she fall all the way down to seventh? But yeah, he was, AEW absolutely killed it. And yes, personally, I'm not the most excited about seeing old talent in, in a new shirt, but um, this is the start of a new era for AEW. So, uh, you know, good on them. Absolutely slaughtered the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So that's uh, pretty damn shocking. Um, not shocking is that Eva Lee's keeps salt and shit. Uh, she oh no, uh, did uh, an interview with Chris Van Vliet. Uh, his podcast is called Insight. Uh, she talked about her backstage issues with Thunder Rosa and her release from AEW. Um, 
one um, highlight. Um, and the most important thing, her compare. Uh, that's what you're going to, right? I'm going to what you saying. The comparison of her match with Thunder Rosa and Charlotte and Nia Jax, and how the perceptions were basically swayed different here. Which this um, is why I, I checked this out because I thought that was interesting. Oh no, I, I didn't. I didn't see that. Um, yeah, but, but go ahead, go but, ahead. But I think the the biggest thing for me is that she thinks that she is just plain old misunderstood, um, mm-hmm. and that if people don't really understand how she's in the hustle mode, and that she uh, is responding how she would naturally respond to the section sexism and the backstage politics that happens um, in the locker room. I'm not saying I believe her. But I am saying that what she is saying are the same thing that other whistleblowers do say before they're finally dealt with officially, whether they're fired or they're blackballed out of the industry or whatever. Um, There may be some more truth to her words than not. But then again, she's kind of had this problem everywhere that she's been. So maybe it's a maybe it is. It's definitely not her. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I mean, if you've been married six times, it might be you. (laughs) <laughs> always check um, that common denominator always. yeah i mean you know who knows so it's the truth is somewhere in the middle um melissa santos is definitely defending her husband brian cage and she really thinks that brian cage is as she should brian cage is a star brian cage was supposed to come to AEW to be a star and, oh, to, and she says and i quote cage to me is lost in the AEW shuffle right now oh boy an excellent tag team not wrong. And Cage, in his own right, is a top guy in every sense of the word. AEW just seem to have not realized that yet. Hopefully, once the nope. dust settles on all the new arrivals, Cage was getting his opportunity and a chance to shine. I have no problem nope. with that whatsoever. I don't believe it's going to happen. Not at all. I have all. no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, unfortunately, Team Taz did not work. It does need to go away. And the only thing that the only reason why it's still there is because. Uh, Taz is a hell of a mouthpiece. She also says that basically Taz should have been the Paul Heyman of AEW to Cage being Brock Lesnar. Um, I agree mm. that that could have been a pretty interesting uh, thing to do, except there is no way in the hell that PWI number one, Kenny Omega, is going to be threatened by Brock Lesnar. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, uh, he's one of those guys to, to put a little note on. When his contract is up, in a year or two or whatever it is, what does he do? Because he's really had, they, they stuck him with team Taz. That really didn't work out. Uh, he's left team Taz, you know, so what? Um, and he really does deserve more. He's in everything that you could think that you would want in the wrestler can do the work. And here he is floating. So I don't know. Um, it will be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Gabe Stevenson, Gable Stevenson. He is an Olympic pro uh, gold medalist uh, mm-hmm. and an NCAA heavyweight uh, title uh, in wrestling uh, for University of Minnesota. Go Gophers. Another uh, one. He signed a WWE deal. Sure did. Interesting. Him uh, and his now, brother. Now, he says that he's not going to be the next Hurt Angle, but yep. it he would just be, tweeted that. Yeah, but it would be interesting to know what that means for him because again this is what wwe you know is kind of looking for so hopefully uh you know we get to see him you know come up through nxt and do some real work and then transition into the wwe style 
Wait, uh, one thing one thing I do want to say too is that this is something I do love about WWE because when you think about certain collegiate collegiate sports, well, where do you go next? Where do you go after track? Where do you go after wrestling? And and sorts of things like that. And this is cool that after your professional and now standing professional career, you do the Olympus, what's next that WWE is there to say, we got a job for you. So I I, I love how this all worked out. Yeah, this is a very unique deal because he's not done yet with school. So they're locking him in. And the idea is they're apparently going to set up a training facility for him up there in Minnesota. And he's still going to apparently try to defend the NCAA title his senior year. He's not done. Essentially, it's like, we want you when you're done. And we're going to put training up here by you so you can still do school and still get your notoriety and like, you know, try to try to win the NCAAs again. So it, nice. it's, it's a very different deal than they've ever done before. I'm really nice. curious to see how it plays out. It's interesting. Key, key, keynote that unique deal. This is something WWE also is going to have to start doing going forward, because if you're going to have your standard black and white deals that they have, you're going to have more things like Adam Cole happens like, Oh no, Twitch. Okay, cool. I'm out. There needs yeah. to be flexibility. There needs to be understanding of branding, um, and, and, and other ways that people can, uh, you know, market themselves outside of the company instead of WWE owning everything, working for them, and then leaving them out to dry when they're done. <clears throat> Braun Strowman. But yes. yes. Uh, television. Well, had to, the movies had to do it when uh, actors realized that they could sign with more than one studio. Uh, television had to, and radio music had to do it when they realized that they don't need uh, publishing companies to create their own music. And now wrestling's going to have to realize that we need modern contracts that allow for third-party branding yep. or whatever people want to do outside of work. And also, wrestling now more than ever is just a job. It's not the theatrical performance with where kayfabe was a twenty-four-seven deal than it yep. was twenty years ago. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to have to they're going to have to deal with that now. Uh, speaking of contracts, Tony Nese's ninety-day uh, clause is up September twenty-fifth. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to see. Where he goes after that, you know, Impact, AEW, do the indies. He really has his pick of the litter, but September 25th, uh, I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for him. Uh, and speaking about contracts, apparently nobody wants to give a contract to Tessa Blanchard. Uh, no. Bodyslam.net is saying that she is unlikely to be headed to AEW or WWE. Um, nobody wants her, which is, you know, what it is. I mean, it's not any new news. You know, but I think if anybody does decide to pull the trigger on her, it'll be pretty interesting to see how well she's received. NCAA, uh, the N, the NC, the NAACP is going to use their number one pick to draft her. Her and Buddy Murphy book it. <laughs> the Freebirds, 2022, expect it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, SmackDown's at the Garden this week uh, for a, a really big show. Um, the, the Freedom Birds. Well, there you go. Book it. And still I rise. <laughs> oh, no. Stop. 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 Massa Buddy <laughs> alongside of Massa Tessa. Tobias Buttermurphy. <laughs> and the Contessa Blanchard. <laughs> with the oh, antebellum thing oh my god antebellum thing <laughs> I declare <laughs> so uh, Smackdown was at the Garden this week uh, which is a pretty big deal 
I guess uh, AEW is going to be there in Newark uh, next Wednesday, and then the Wednesday after that, they're going to be in Flushing, New York. So if you're in the New York area, it's a big time for wrestling on TV. Uh, West Coast Pro, I hate you with a passion. That's going to be an interesting show uh, that's coming up tomorrow in San Francisco. Alex Hammerstone versus AJ Gray. Uh, independentwrestling.tv has that uh, online for you. Ring of Honor is also this weekend. Uh, the Ted Petty Invitational is this weekend across the river from Louisville. Uh, here in D.C., WWE is coming to town for a house show. Yes, I'll be there. I'm going. Why? Tomorrow, well, because right? Because I'm taking no, my kid. Uh, no, it's it's Saturday um, night. Saturday. Saturday, oh, Saturday 9-11. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 9-11. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Saturday night, super show at the uh, Cap One Arena. And my kid's never been to an actual WWE show. So nice. Opportunity. Okay. It was the perfect opportunity to pull that trigger. Since it's a super show, it's a Saturday. Why not? Why not? Now, I've, been to a, I've not been to a house show, I think, in a good, God, maybe a decade. So I'll have a report next week of the house show experience in the COVID era. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, if, awesome. If I can get, if I can get tickets cheap enough, I might just go downtown uh, just to see what's up. Um, I forgot yeah, all uh, about cheap tickets. I ain't thinking. Oh, yeah. I might. I might too. Actually, I ain't yeah. thinking that. I'm sure, there's gonna be cheapies. I'm sure yeah. there will be. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can sneak in there for under twenty dollars. If I can do that, then I'm I'm good. Um, but if you're in the Albany area, you're going to see WWE on Sunday. They have a house show there. Death Before This Honor 2021 is this weekend for Ring of Honor, and that's it up in Philadelphia. And that's the news for this week. All right. So, I mean, we're not going to mention that Leo Rush unretired again. Nope. All right. Because <laughs> cool. that's not news. Yeah. Me wrong. Yeah. But Tony Khan, uh, next week he will be retired again. You watch. Yeah. He'll flip back the other way. Tony Khan said he has been in conversation with him, so there may be a potential that he returns to AEW. So I don't know, man. Wish him uh, the best of luck in his career. Yeah, he's hot and cold with this wrestling thing. Fantastic talent, but man, doesn't sometimes doesn't seem like he wants to do it for real. Well, music. there's so much music to be made. So music, you know. yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. 